Okay, we are recording. Welcome to Further Living, episode number two and part two of The Power of Words. Welcome. Episode. My wife, my lovely wife, Manu, said welcome. I say welcome as well. Let's get to it. The people don't want to hear our banter. They want to hear some psychological knowledge. And we have that in spades. Yes, that we do. We do have that in spades. Although it's much more fun to banter. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's get to it. Let's focus. These people want this in a minute. Because I've noticed on the, the... the analytics people, if they don't get the knowledge quick, they bounce quick. So let's get this. Part two, power of words. All right, let's read a quote from Lao Tzu. Watch your thoughts, for they become words. Watch your words, for they become actions. Watch your actions, for they become habits. Watch your habits, for they become character. Watch your character, for it becomes your destiny. And I like to start this talk with the quote from Lao Tzu, because how can you argue with an ancient Chinese philosopher? Because a lot of people, when I talk to them about the importance of the words they use with themselves and with their uh, friends and family, a lot of people like to say, well, it's just words, just semantics. But it really matters. The words we use shape so much of our life. And apropos to what's going on, I like to point out to people that if you don't think words matter, notice a politician when he speaks. A lot of money and time is put into the exact words and slogans politicians use. Words matter. Well, they certainly matter in our job, right? That's all we do. That's right. That's all we do is talk and give words to people. So if we were haphazard about that, we wouldn't be in business long. Okay, so in part one, I spoke about shoulds. Now, this uh, series of The Power of Words gets at cognitive distortions. We're trying to avoid cognitive distortions. Now, cognitive distortions are exaggerated or irrational thought patterns that are believed to perpetuate the effects of psychological states, especially depression and anxiety. So these words that we're talking about in this series, the power of words, they will, if you use them, they exacerbate cognitive distortions. And if you can avoid these words, it eliminates cognitive distortions. So let me put that in regular person terms. Please do. What that means is that the way we think, the way we filter reality through our thoughts and through our language and categories can actually make us more depressed, less depressed, happier, more hopeful, etc. Now, a lot of times people say, well, is this going to solve my problems if I avoid the word always and never, which is what we're going to look at today. No, it will not solve your problems, but it will take down the intensity of your problems. And when the intensity is taken down, it will be easier to change and grow. Yep. So it gives you a channel where you can more easily work through whatever it is that's going on with you. Right. So always and never. Now, this 
these words are especially important in families and relationships, which me and Banu know quite well because we are married. So you know how it is when you're really upset with someone, a lot of times you think and say, hey, you always do this, you never listen to me, you are always late, you never care about me, or I'm always gonna be a loser, or things are always gonna be like this. And that's actually a way you shape your own reality in order to perpetuate certain kinds of thinking that allow you to take only certain kinds of action. Okay, that sounded complicated. But if I say to Matt, for example, you never care about what I say. There's a couple of problems with this. First of all, never is never true. For most people, well, that's not actually true. Most or majority of the time, a great majority of the time, when you say somebody never does something, it's untrue. Even if it's 10% of the time, the person probably does listen to what you have to say. Maybe that even once there was a situation in which they did listen. Let's give let's give an example. Because here what what Banu is saying is that if you say to someone, you say to your significant other, you never take out the trash. And they say, "Wait a second, I took out the trash in 1987." <laughs> So now the argument is about whether or not literally one time they took out the trash. So your point that you're trying to make gets lost and it's not entirely accurate. I didn't say that correctly. <laughs> no, you, didn't. Ac- you never say things correctly. I never say things correctly. I always mispronounce words. That is not correct. Sometimes I struggle with pronouncing words. Do you see how that's different? Okay. Wait, we lost your point there. You were saying about something being accurate. Right. So when you use always and never in arguments, it's not accurate. (laughs) Try it again. One more time. You can do it this time. Accurate. (laughs) I don't know why. Accurate. Accurate. I don't know why I'm mispronouncing words. I think it's because I'm on the spot. All right. But it's not like I always do this. Sometimes, when I'm recording podcasts, I struggle pronouncing words. You struggle with pronouncing words. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's but focus. But okay, let's so focus. meaning that once you get into that mindset, this is actually an example too. Once you sometimes get into a mindset of, um, I'm not doing this correctly, it feels like you're never going to get it right. It feels like you've never said it correctly, right? And it's more a feeling than actually reality. And we'll talk about that part in just a minute. Right. And that's one thing. Okay, so let me try to make my point. Let's not jump in if I mispronounce a word, okay? Okay. That really takes us off track here. When you tell your significant other you never take out the trash, now they are focused on the one time in 1987 when they took out the trash. It's a very American argument, by the way, but go on. Okay. So, your whole point that you're trying to make is missed. Mm -hmm. And it is not an accurate statement. Because literally, it's not, they never take out the trash. That one time in 1987, they indeed did take out the trash. We got it. So, say it in a very precise manner. 
and your point will not get lost. Also, as Banu was saying, a lot of times a feeling is involved in this. You can say, it's better to say, it's more accurate to say, it feels like you never take out the trash or you take out the trash so infrequently that it feels like never. Okay. So that seems to be a bit more accurate. And if we wanted to go even deeper, sort of like the shoulds, whenever we're saying always and never, it's a chance to actually unpack what we really mean. We could even go deeper and we can say, it matters to me a lot that you take out the trash every night and it bothers me when you don't. So that's very different than saying you never take out the trash. Or it can mean, hey, I would like us to communicate differently around household tasks. And I would like a bit more respect and maybe more collaboration in the relationship. So even if you don't speak this way to each other, it's a good chance to look a bit deeper into what's truly going on with you. And it gives your partner a chance to say, okay, so something's going on here and it's not about me being a bad person. Whenever you say always and never to someone, they will automatically, and very rightly so, get, uh, feel like they're being attacked and they're being told that they're a bad person. Yes, very good point. So when we use always and never with our spouses, with our family members, what we're really doing is punishing. We are trying to shame them. We're trying to attack them. We're not really about, we're not trying to keep a dialogue going. When I tell you, you never take out the trash, I'm trying to make you feel like an idiot because you don't take out the trash that much. Okay, so here's where I'm going to disagree. Disagree? (laughs) You always disagree with me. (laughs) You never agree with me. Continue. Let let me disagree because as you can imagine, I'm the one that's more, more likely to use the term always and never. So Matt's more expressing his point of view in that maybe he's thinking that I'm trying to make him feel like an idiot when I say that. I would say a lot of people who use those terms always and never are actually trying to get the other person's attention into something that's really important for them. They're not trying to make the other person feel like an idiot. They're probably trying to express helplessness, maybe even hopelessness if I am to exaggerate, and a sense of just despair of saying this never happens. And so I wanna talk about this other piece of it. I'm not a big fan of talking about the brain when we're talking about relationships especially, but I found this very helpful. Eventually I gave up on resisting the brain explanations and you can take it as a metaphor if you want. Uh, There's a way to think about the brain as being made up of three parts and they seem to be sort of just pasted on top of each other without really working together. And those three parts you may have heard is the, what I call the lizard brain, the reptilian brain the mammalian brain which i call the puppy brain and then the human brain okay let's recap lizard brain puppy brain puppy brain human brain human brain so lizard and puppy are a bit nicer than reptilian and mammalian and it helps to talk about their functions so the lizard brain and the puppy brain are the older brain what we call evolutionarily they're older and the lizard brain is the part of our brain that we basically share with reptilians where you don't really form attachments, they're not about emotion, they're more about, it's about survival, it's the brainstem, and it regulates the autonomic functions, okay? So bear with me about this lecture part, it will become a lot more interesting, and we will talk more about this later. 
And then you have the mammalian brain that we share with mammals. That is about a lot about forming uh, attachments, relationships, memories, emotions. So this is the old brain. The old brain doesn't usually have a sense of time. Things feel like they happen in always and never land. The mm, past is the I present. I like that. Always and never land. The past mm. is the present and the present is the past. There's not much of a distinction. So when we really feel emotional about something and uh, it gets triggered in us, the old brain gets triggered in us. It tends to make us see things in what we call black and white terms, in extremes, in always and never. And um, it feels like if something doesn't happen, we're going to die. It does tend to uh, touch our attachment wounds, which again, we're going to talk about once we're done with the words piece of our um, podcast. Podcast, they call them these days. (laughs) That is, yes. (laughs) And... um, So it's good to remember if you're in always and Neverland that the old brain has come online and the new brain has language. Wait, you mean old brain as in lizard brain? And the mammalian brain. Let's stick with lizard, puppy, Puppy. and human now. Yeah. And um, so the lizard and puppy are hurt. They're confused. They don't know what to do. At that moment, things do feel really big. And that's what we Things usually, feel black and white, you might say. Yeah, just like when you say, this person's trying to make me feel like an idiot. It's not a matter of saying, huh, this person's having an experience different than mine. And they have a history and they have a way of using the language that's different than mine. Let me see if I can empathize with them. That does not sound like the lizard or puppy brain. <laughs> it is not. You <laughs> or, automatically feel or, very or, quickly. Or any part of my brain. <laughs> <laughs> You very quickly feel like, oh, I'm being attacked and I'm being told I'm a bad person. And this person must be trying to make me feel that way. And if I'm feeling like I'm being punished, it must mean that's what intend for me, what they intend for me to feel like. And it's the same thing. If they're not taking me out the trash, that must mean they don't care about me. And a lot of these are nonverbal. They're just feelings that we get or wider experiences of our meaning that feel really extreme. If I may jump in here. Also, okay, let's go let's go to this. When they don't take out the trash, your lizard brain may say, they're trying to kill me. <laughs> well that's a bit extreme. Well that's the lizard brain is extreme, is it not? Well, it's sort of like this. When they don't take out the trash, it's something about our relationships, the meaning of it is to do with care and you've been working hard all day and it feels like the trash is part of your agreement with them it feels like the person doesn't care about you and if it doesn't care about you according to this understanding it really touches on our attachment relationships and our attachment relationships are connected to survival so it can feel like this person doesn't care about my well-being period and at a very deep level we can interpret this to mean that this person doesn't care whether I live or die. Exactly. Not necessarily they're trying to kill me. But that's going a little too far. Most Well, you're trying to kill me a lot of times. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about that if you want. I'm just joking. I'm trying to make a joke about the how the lizard brain feels so intense. Yeah, I would say the lizard brain, on the other hand, when you tell someone you don't take out the trash and you don't care about me, it can be like, oh, you think I'm a bad person. And the attack can literally feel like somebody's trying to threaten your well-being or your life at a very extreme. But I wouldn't say the trash argument would go down to you trying to kill me. 
I feel it would. I feel the lizard brain is that intense. Okay. All right. So everybody can talk about their lizard. That's right. Mine doesn't usually go, go so I'm going to die. because My lizard, lizard brain goes to life and death very quickly. That is, yeah, that's good to know. But <laughs> mine is usually like, oh my God, I do not feel in control of my life. This is not a pleasant way to live. You probably go more to puppy brain and I go more to lizard brain. Yeah, that's a debate that can be had. Maybe, you know, we can even talk about, who knows? Maybe that's a point to make. Gender differences. Maybe some people, oh, I think we're onto something here. Are we? Yes. (laughs) Just listen now. I think that maybe in certain arguments, certain people are triggered to lizard brain type stuff. Some people are triggered to puppy brain. And we can say no one's triggered to human brain. Yeah, you usually don't get triggered to human brain. You might be moved to an empathetic mm, way of seeing. Very good point. You might be touched to write poetry. You might actually put some effort into reading a good book or writing something. That's, that's human brain. That's human brain. That's what we call human. Of course, all, all of these are human. But we're talking about shared experience. I don't, I don't think anybody thinks they're lizards or puppies. We got that. <laughs> I feel like. I feel like. Just making sure. Making sure. People are going to, people are so mean these days. We're like, you said I'm a lizard. I hate you. So, yeah. And it might make sense. Maybe this is something for us to think on that a lot of times we don't realize when we do quote unquote attack our partners, when we're expressing our complaints in a way that feels extreme. The other partner can really feel under threat because shame can feel a lot like exclusion from the people you care about, from your community, and it is connected to that. And it can feel like death in a lot of ways. And we can now move from the brain into more sophisticated areas. We can look at it psychodynamically, we can look at it phenomenologically, but let's not go there unless we get special requests. So just know that Always and never is a good place to stop and say, what's really going on with me? How would I like to really explore this in a way that can reveal more of my truth and less about making it someone else's fault? And it doesn't mean that if your partner says, you never take out the trash, you're always like this, that it's a reason for you to be like, hey, that's just your lizard brain or your puppy brain. I don't have to listen to you. It's a good chance for you to say, okay, I'm feeling attacked right now. Let me see what's going on with me. And how can I really understand what the concern underneath all this is? And I do feel like we specifically focused on the relationship aspect of the always and never. But it's not just about relationships with other people. True. Let's, 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 we have about four minutes left for our podcast. Okay, so we did, we really hit hard how it relates to relationships, which I believe always and never is a big one in relationships. But it also, I believe, manifests a lot with ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we make a mistake. Okay, I'm just struggling with coming up with examples. I forget to take out the trash. I say, oh, you're an idiot, Matt. You never take out the trash. You never take out the trash. You're really obsessed with the trash, aren't you? Let's analyze that. No. What is this about? We we don't have much time left. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe I feel like I'm trash. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's terrible. But, yeah, let's let's explore that and maybe... That's for something to take to your therapist. That's, okay. for, that's for the Patreon subscribers. <laughs> that's for the more sophisticated. Okay. 
So or when you're depressed, when you're feeling bad, it feels like it's never gonna get better. You know that feeling, right? Yes. And once our moods strike us in certain ways, especially when they're darker, more difficult to deal with, it feels like things have always been this way and they're never gonna get better. And that is also part of the language that we might use in expressing this and talking to ourselves. And it's something good to be aware of. Always and never are almost always or never accurate. Wait, I said that wrong. No, that was perfect. Somebody write that down. That was great. Almost always or never accurate. Almost always always never accurate. Okay. So anyway, we'll figure that out later. But that's something good to keep in mind. And when you're speaking to other people, your kids, your friends, your partners, it's something good to keep in mind. And if it is actually true, if you have a partner that's never taking out the trash, literally never, or never in three years, sounds like there's a problem that cannot be dealt with by probably yelling at them or expressing it in the same way you have. Or using, ironically, mm-hmm. using the words always and ever. Yeah, and if you're feeling like, hey, I'm always depressed, and if that's in fact true, that means there might be something to be addressed. So you can look at these words, not as your enemies, but as little warning signs that you need to shift your perspective and look at things from another point of view. So also what Banu is saying brings up a very good quote to keep in mind in this regard. When you feel like, say you're struggling with depression and it feels like I've always been depressed I will never be happy. There's a saying that's really nice. Feelings aren't final. Feelings aren't final. I thought that was feelings aren't facts. The feelings aren't fact or feelings aren't final. There's a lot of sayings. With this <laughs> I like both of them. Feelings aren't, feelings aren't final. Because when you feel a certain way, you feel depressed, you tell yourself, I'm always going to feel depressed. This is terrible. I'm never going to feel better again. Feelings aren't final. Okay, that's a good one. Okay. Is there anything more you'd like to add about this? No. Let's go to the lightning round to wrap up. Anything you didn't want to anything you <laughs> anything you didn't want to say. Those are my Freudian slips. Yeah, we'll we need sp- to do a psychoanalytical series probably yeah we're gonna like i said we're gonna analyze matt in the next no 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 patreon subscribers get to see me analyzed (laughs) (laughs) we will be putting up the patreon link soon okay what were you asking about what i never will say (laughs) do you have anything you would like to say to end this episode obviously not so you don't kill me (laughs) (laughs) my lizard brain would never harm you or my puppy brain or my human brain would never you say So it's good to know if something is never happening, we can always look at the conditions. My lizard brain would never harm you as far as I know. I would never harm you knowingly. Would never harm you unless I have a brain erosion. Anyway, so again, no words are banned. Just know how you're using them and how to use them in a more sophisticated and successful way to express what it is you'd like to express. I have nothing more to offer, I feel, but if people have questions, do we have an email we give out to people? Is there a way they can reach us? I feel like there is. <laughs> I feel like there is. But feelings, feelings aren't facts. Feelings aren't facts. <laughs> feelings aren't facts. I have no idea if that's the case or not. We'll figure it out. Um, oh. Okay, turns out our email is livingfurther at gmail.com. 
L-I-V-I-N-G-F-U-R-T-H-E-R at gmail.com. Did I get that right? You got that right. Send us any questions or comments. And if you want us to answer something on air, like a struggle you're having, a quandary, a query, a quip, send it to us and we will discuss it on air. All right. Take care and be well.